You're listening to Solid Sound and joining me online. Talking Tunes is... Lobster B. How are you doing, Fish D? I'm doing very well, mate. Very well, very well. Uh, let's talk some tunes. So this one here, it's got a beautiful, long, nondescript intro. And uh, what is it? This is One Night in Hackney. So this tune is Dave the Drummer and Chris Liberator. Um, I don't listen to a great deal of techno these days, but when I grew up, so I'm from Devon, um, you might know that the southwest of England has quite a big kind of hard trance and hard techno scene. Absolutely. Certainly back then, and still does. Um, I think nowadays it's more the sort of free party scene than, than it used to be. Quite a lot of the clubs have closed, sadly. This was quite a few years ago when I was about 17. I used to be going to quite a lot of hard trance nights. Um, and there's some really quite legendary DJs back then, like uh, Marky G, uh, M Zone, yeah, Scorpio, and DJ producer MC Ribs. Don't know if you've heard of any of those guys. Yeah, I heard a good few of them, yeah. Producer, everyone's heard of producer, right? Oh, I know, yeah. MC Ribs. Legend. Ribs is an absolute legend and um, yeah, producers bang face sets at sort of 5, 6 a.m. are quite face melting these days. story of a young man who visited London for the first time. What kind of music do they play there? And they told me, techno. One night in Hackney. After walking for hours through the urban sprawl, I finally heard the boom of the sound system. So is this like the story of your youth discovering rave music, is it? Kind of, yeah. I definitely already discovered rave music before then. But this was, this particular track I chose because it was uh, a kind of milestone, an eye-opener as it were. I, I always find with these sorts of tunes, I'm just sitting there, it's like, okay, what's next, what's next? <laughs> yeah, fully. But it's a classic, it's a classic, it's a good opener. Uh, I always said, I, I need to start making a new rule with this show though. Uh, don't open with tunes, they've got a load of vocal. <laughs> as I wandered into the darkened building, and as I found my way to the dance floor, someone stopped me and said, take this pill. So I took it and said, 
What was that? And I said, Ecstasy. And then they offered me a line. And I said, What's that? And they said, Ketamine. So I took it. And then I took some cocaine. And then some speed. And then some acid. And then I drank 15 cans of Stella. 15 cans of Stella. And I stayed until Monday night. I, I, I can't listen to this version though. I, I don't know if you're the same without hearing Ritlin's Cans version. Yes. With uh, Yeah Buzz, so much better than this version. Cans! <laughs> that is a fantastic version, yeah, I'll admit that. But obviously, this, uh, this tune made an impact on them as well. <laughs> the thing I don't like about techno, <laughs> I sound like such a grumpy old man, is it's like just repetition on it. Oh, I absolutely agree. I feel the same about techno. So the reason that I chose this is not so much for the tune itself, because as you said, techno can be quite repetitive, but um, Marky G always played this tune and he was my absolute favorite DJ back in the day. Um, have you ever seen Marky G? Mm. No, he's the guy who turns up the, picks the te- techniques up and turns them upside down or something silly, isn't it? Exactly, so he has a real like yeah. punk aesthetic. So, Marky G sort of he has spiked hair, kind of Keith Flint look about him. He's a proper showman, he will climb all over the rig. He's been kicked out of venues for knocking the speakers over onto the dance floor. He breaks vinyls over his head. Some nights he'll be bleeding from it. And yeah, he's just the first DJ that I saw who was such a showman. It's not just sort of, you know, standing on the dance floor listening to tunes. You're actually sort of transfixed by Marky G watching him. And so when I was in Devon, there was this club called The Grove that Marky G always played at. And this was kind of a signature tune that he played all the time. And uh, people would start to chant, play One Night in Hackney. And they would all chant, Marky G, Marky G. And yeah, I'd never seen a track before that people knew the lyrics to and would kind of sing along to at a kind of hard trance and techno night, which the tracks are generally fairly serious at. And I don't know if you know this, but the this track, One Night in Hackney, is actually a parody of a track by the horrorist called One Night in New York City. Have you heard that one? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know it. I know the horrorist in the one night in New York, yeah. Which, you know, it's an alright tune, but this was a turning point for me where I realised that hard dance could be like kind of silly and kind of parody, but still totally banging at the same time. Yeah, I actually prefer this. Now, if we're going to come to it, I'd actually prefer this track to the horrorist. I think the horrorist stuff, I know a lot of people follow the guy, but no, I find some of his stuff is a bit cartoonish. Yeah, it's not that exciting. <laughs> Now we're into something a bit more 
But what is this, Hard House? I guess it must be, right? Yeah, this is Hard House. This is an absolute banger. This is OD404 by Nine Bar, um, and this is the BK remix. BK being probably the biggest Hard House DJ on the scene back in the day. Yeah, Hard House, very sort of similar vibe to Donk, right? Exactly. So, Hard House existed before Donk, who's kind of precursor to it. Um, and this is what I was introduced to back when I was at 16, so that's something like 2002, by my brother. Um, he bought me some cassette packs at Christmas. Um, you remember cassette packs? Oh, gotcha. Showing our age. Yeah, absolutely. But like, I don't know, that was something to get excited about, wasn't it? Getting a whole sort of slamming vinyl cassette pack or something like that. Big time, big time. Yeah. So yeah, I got a load of these hard house cassette packs. I'd never heard anything like it before. Um, and yeah, it just blew me away. And this track in particular, these mad rave hoovers in it are just, yeah, it's absolutely banging. Because, I mean, with this first tune and now with this tune, not many people would go, ah, I bet you Lobster Pete's going to have a load of uh, donk lined up for us. <laughs> to be fair, if you listen to the bass line right now, that is a donk. Great thing about Hard House, actually, is there's loads of brilliant female DJs. Um, he didn't see that much with other hard dance genres back then. So um, you have people like Anne Savage, Fergie, Lisa Pinner, Lisa Lashes, um, all DJing this sort of stuff, which is really cool. Yeah. So obviously, you know, you can go from a hard house to bounce, uh, bounce obviously to donk, right? But bounce and donk are two very, very different things, even though they've both got donk in them. Very different, right? I guess so. What we would call donk is more of an ethos than a, a, a genre, right? Yeah, I, I agree there. I, I guess that bounce is the more, I don't know whether the word is serious, but um, what they have up north, which is what came after the Wigan Pier scene and what's going on now. And then donk is sort of, I guess, what we've adopted in the south, which is a bit more tongue in cheek. I don't know if you'd agree with that definition. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. But yeah, it all owes quite a lot to Hard House, and you're starting to hear this sound creep back into tunes a bit more these days, I think. If you listen to an American producer called Alert, uh, which is A-L-R-T, um, he's really taken the Hard House scene from the early 2000s and given it absolutely mad modern production and it's just fantastic. That's really cool, I haven't heard that, but uh, yeah, let's go check that out. Yeah, check Alert out for sure. So you're going out of that and into a bit of shit map. <laughs> yeah, well, I absolutely could not be doing what I do today without honouring Shitmat. And I bet you that loads of people that you have on your show will say exactly the same thing. He's a pioneer. Yeah, I mean, could you say the same thing to yourself and, and doing this? Perhaps, yeah. I don't know. I, I, maybe I was a bit of a latecomer to Shitmat. 
I got more into breakcore from the hard sort of side of things and then got into the craziness afterwards. You know, I would have gone like GABA, extreme noise sort of stuff, and then into breakcore, you know, like, um, you know, like audio tist and stuff like that, or one bushy or, you know, almost French core side, side stuff. And then from that, I started getting into more the complex IDM, bonkers mashup craziness like this. That is why I've chosen this. That's a good description. The, the kind of bonkers mashup craziness of shit mats is what I love. And I feel like I wouldn't be doing any of this if it weren't for shit mat. And I sort of feel like this modern donk scene in the South probably wouldn't actually exist without shit mat and wrong music kind of paving the way for it. Again, a long time ago, maybe 15 years ago, I was going to wrong music nights and I was just you know, floored by how mad they were, the wild energy behind them. And DJs besides Shipmat had really ridiculous names. So you had people like Ebola, Lady Scraper, Demon Cabbage. And as you can hear right now, it's kind of what I do now. So taking a pop tune, chopping it up, um, making it more ridiculous, pitching it up. Um, and again, Shipmat is another kind of punk aesthetic, quite wild stage performer, kind of like Marky G. Um, I'm sure you've had the pleasure of seeing Shipmat live a few times. He's quite notorious. Absolutely, yeah. I, mean, I think the most, probably one of the most notorious stunts was uh, when he played Falter. Uh, I don't know if I've heard this one. Oh, uh, he, he was playing Bolter and then he climbed up onto the stage and uh, he put his hands down in the front of his pants and uh, began to entertain himself, let's say. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I've seen him do similar things. Yeah. But you know, I think what I like about this sort of music is, is, is the whole Marmite effect of it in that yeah. you, you taste it and you listen to it and you're like, whoa, what the fuck is this crap? Like, this is music, it's bullshit. Yeah. But then you go, well, hang on, why do I like it then? You know, why, why is this, why, why, why do I, why am I into this? It's like, it's actually really good. And then, I agree. You do the full 180 and you're like, my God, this is the best music ever. And I kind of think that that's why people listen to death metal or gabber or whatever. At first, it's possibly a bit rebellious, like, oh, my parents would hate this sort of thing. Um, but then you actually realize that it's brilliant. I mean, this is hilarious, this stuff. Bit of chipmunk vocal. <laughs> yeah, and some farmyard noises. So, Shipmat was part of a collective kind of within wrong music called Countryside Alliance. Yeah. Um, and they did a few kind of parody pop songs. Um, you can hear the influence here with the sheep noises. Um, and they got onto Radio 1 with that as Countryside Alliance. Oh, wow, did they? So, yeah, it was Shipmat and Ebola. I can't remember who else was part of it. And they got on Radio 1? This! Or something else. Uh, not this specific track. Yeah. But it was kind of like parodies of um, gotcha, stuff gotcha. like Wiley. Um, yeah, it's quite good if you can find it. And what's this? This is just noise. I, I guess this is the end of the shit machine. <laughs> 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 but it, it's reasons like this mad noise that makes them entertaining. And I've seen wrong music shut down venues before because, you know, the security and bar staff just couldn't handle it. Yeah. 
I would actually, could you play a set of bang face that's just like white noise and just horrible sounds? Well, I don't know if you were there for this at Bangface this year, which was with Planet Fun. That they had South Yorkshire Mick Hucknall play. Do you know Big Al? Uh-huh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, who was part of Off Me Nut. He started playing an alarm. I'm not sure if it was a phone alarm or a fire alarm that went on for about 10 minutes, nothing else, and cleared the dance floor badly. I... <laughs> Well, who's going to dance to that? Exactly, the TV studio emptied. For me, personally, that's one step too far, but I still kind of respect the ethos behind it. Yeah, yeah, I think it's a bit like BDSM, you know? I think you need to just take it to just the edge of where it's not quite, oh, hang on, what are we doing here? And then just bring it back again. <laughs> we're back in the room, we're safe. Yes, exactly, yeah. <laughs> What's this tune anyway? Uh, DJ Shrapnel? Sharpnel. Sharpnel. Speed Disco Volume 2. Yeah. Sharpnel is a J-Core DJ from Tokyo. Uh, part of the Japan takeover at Bang Face. That was a few years ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, we were around for that one. Kind of. So it's people like DJ Sharpnel, M Project, Shimamura, yeah. all from the kind of Tokyo scene. Yeah, uh, Hanya. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would have been the guy organising that. It was actually after the Irish takeover. Uh, but unfortunately, what I did was I, I finished when we finished the Irish takeover. I went back to the chalet and I thought, oh man, that Irish takeover's over. Great. I just skim one up now and just have that and then go back out. And that was it. I was gone. <laughs> oh no. I just like that. I just, I just lie down for five minutes. Classic blunder, that one. Yeah, classic blunder. Yes, yeah, so I was there, but I kind of missed it all, which is a bit annoying. But, you know, that is the beauty of Bankface, isn't it? It's not what you see, it's what you miss. Exactly. So the reason I've chosen this and the next track, which are both Japanese, is that I used to live in Japan and I was there for nearly two years. And before I went to Japan, I had heard quite a bit of J-Core and I knew that when I was there, I really wanted to get into that scene and go to loads of raves. And that's what I did. So the kind of format of raves in Japan was quite weird and quite different to what we have in the UK. So. They would put on these J-Core events in quite big clubs in Tokyo, but they obviously wouldn't attract an enormous crowd because it's still quite niche out there. Um, therefore, they would put these events on in the afternoon and then have something much more commercial on at night. So I used to go to these raves with this sort of stomping music at one in the afternoon and then leave the club at about eight at night, um, which is quite jarring and a bit confusing. Yeah, um, that is. I, I, what are the raves like in Japan uh, in, in the middle of the afternoon? <laughs> so these tracks are often remixes of anime themes or um, computer game themes. So very much the crowd is otaku, which is uh, kind of Japanese nerds. So largely um, nerdy Japanese men who 
tend to stay indoors all day on the internet or playing games and uh, really like anime. And so that's what was so bizarre about these raves is they didn't drink. Um, they stood on the dance floor, sometimes even doing things like playing their Game Boys on the dance floor whilst the music was playing. Um, sometimes the DJs would stop the music and do quite a lengthy kind of speech to the crowd for maybe 10 minutes where it would be totally silent and the DJs would be talking about I guess upcoming events and the crowd would just sort of clap and nod their heads obviously I didn't know what was going on um, they would sometimes hold up anime figurines like little figures of cartoon characters to the crowd to show them and they would all clap along um, it was all quite surreal and were many of them on pills? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't sound like a rave, that sounds like a, a social gathering, but anyway. <laughs> yes, exactly. However, if you went to one of these raves at night, um, they had a rave called Extreme Hard that was put on by M Project. Um, M Project's really come into his own recently because you know Off Me Nut have signed him. I didn't know that. Yeah, so he's doing quite a lot of remixes of like Titch's tunes and Venn's. He's doing like SpongeBob Squareway tracks and stuff like that, which is quite interesting. But yeah, but at night, if you went to a J. Cole rave, that's when they would come into their own. That's where you'd get some more interesting characters. <laughs> Men wearing kind of schoolgirl panties over their faces and things. <laughs> it's quite unusual. Yeah. That makes, that makes bang face sound tame. Yeah, but it's funny, like these nighttime raves, they often attracted uh, speedcore DJs like Akira Death and Midi. Right. Um, and Akira Death was fascinating because he was like a really, really tall Japanese guy, over six foot, which is quite unusual. And he wore a full riot gear costume from the film Akira with a gas mask and a massive riot shield and he would occasionally leap into the crowd and start hitting these small Japanese men with his riot shield and his baton, which is pretty wild. I heard you on the wireless back in 52 Lying awake and then the tuning in on you If I was young it didn't stop you coming Eternity, and this track is VKTRS, which is short for Video Killed the Radio Star. Um, DJ Eternity is an alias of DJ Shimamura, who was part of the Japan takeover of Bankface. And the reason I have picked this track is because it's everything I love in one tune. So you've got a classic, a classic pop song, um, Video Killed the Radio Star. Um, 
and it's banging hardcore and in a bit it even breaks into Axel F which we'll hear shortly uh, so for me these tunes that I picked from Japan kind of embody what I love about dance music now is taking pop music speeding it up making it banging kind of chipmunking the vocals and making it really ravey and the Japanese do that extremely well there you go there's the Axel F bit <laughs> Three. <laughs> Amen's with everything, right? Two, right. Then we're going to get some Scott Brown, and then after that, and then we're getting ahead of ourselves, right? But Blackout Crew, which, you know, I'm sure you're going to say a lot about Blackout Crew, uh, but it's to see you've gone for the tune Bounce from Blackout Crew. Oh, instead of put a donk on it. The obvious one, yeah. <laughs> I thought that was too much of a cliche. <laughs> Rather, well, there's a bit the samples in it, I'm sure, in uh, future parts, but... Uh... Why did you go for Bounce rather than the obvious one? Because it's the Alex K remix, and I'll explain why that's so significant. And actually, I just think Bounce is a better tune than put a donk on it. Oh, yeah, it is. <laughs> You're going to end up with, you're going to go onto Facebook tomorrow and go, why have I only got three friends on Facebook? (laughs) This tune, Video Killed the Radio Star, I heard this on a dance floor in Japan and then I searched for it for years. I did not know it was a Shimamura alias and it's one of those tracks that you find years later and then you're absolutely over the moon to have found it. Yeah, and I play this in a lot of my sets, and the crowd go mental for this one. It's such a track. So he's talking earlier about you know your early childhood. Uh, you started out life in Devon, is that right? Yeah. Whereabouts in Devon? Actually, in quite a small town called Collerton, which did not having did not have much going for it. Did it have running water and electric? <laughs> uh, just about. It definitely had more sheep and cows than it did people. But weirdly, it had a great rave scene, and so did my university as well. Um, so after I grew up in Devon, I went then went down to university in Cornwall, um, to Falmouth. And as you know, Cornwall gave birth to quite a lot of interesting DJs, you know, like Apex Twin and Luke Viver. Um, so I was quite lucky to see people like that down there. Falmouth uh, is quite a hot spot for culture. Um, there's, did you ever, Victor Dracos was ever down there still? No. Um, it was up on the hill. There used to be a lot of punk gigs. No, I don't know that one actually. Because uh, I used to live in Cornwall. Oh, right. When I, used to, when I grew up there. And uh, I'd go up to Falmouth, I used to be into punk before rave. And uh, that's where Luke would play in five minute fashion if Victor Straight goes in Falmouth. Hey, interesting. Yeah. Mm. I was like insanely lucky to be in Falmouth because our student union in Falmouth booked Apex Twin, Square Pusher, Luke Fiber all to play like the same night. What the hell? Yeah, it was wow. insane. When was this? 
2008, probably. Wow. Yeah, because Apex was got pretty big pretty quick. Like by 96, 97, he was on MTV. Yeah, so the the student union was big. It had a huge dance floor, a huge balcony around it. They fixed up 360 degrees of strobe lights for Apex Twins set. And it was absolutely mind-melting. <laughs> it was really full on. <laughs> This track that's playing now is Scott Brown, and I love the old school Bonkers CDs. And I would take a Bonkers CD over a sort of IDM chin strokey CD by Apex or Square Pusher any day. Big time. Uh, yeah, Scott Brown, he's got a special place in my heart because, you know, of where it fits in the whole spectrum of happy hardcore going into, you know, bouncy techno or harder bouncy techno of Scott Brown and people like him and then into Gabba after that, like, you know? Yeah, because Scott Brown, on the Bonkers CDs, he'll do, like, ten tracks of happy hardcore and then a couple of Gabba tunes at the end. And that's what really got me into Gabba when it sort of progressed in these mixes. Um, and, yeah, whenever I've seen Scott Brown, he's just absolutely legendary um, right from back in the day. And yeah, the Bonkers CDs, so you've got Scott Brown, Hixie, Sharky, Dougal and Gamma. Before Gamma obviously went to the dark side and started making Brave Step over in America. Yeah, these, these guys are just amazing. I was there for the Rise of the Celts and the Queen Vic, and his set like was pure old school happy hardcore. It's just brilliant. Yeah. It was perfect, it was a perfect set. Uh, Courtney yeah. B, I don't know if you know her, uh, Darity Donka. Yes, yeah. She knows Scott, she knows Scott, and she basically got that, she actually made that happen. Got the ball rolling on it anyway. Amazing. But uh, yeah, big shout out to Courtney. Hixie and Dougal uh, at this year's Bang Face were brilliant. How oh, did I miss that? <laughs> oh, that was not the Thursday night. Absolute highlight. Yeah, have you been to many Bang Faces? I must admit, I've only been to two, um, right. largely because I was living abroad for quite a long time that it was on. I find, when I look back, after a year or so, I tend to forget what I've seen and what I haven't seen like it. <laughs>
All right, here we go then. Blackout crew. <laughs> here we go. Bounce. So you, you've interviewed Blackout crew. Like, how did you find them? I did, yeah. I did, yeah, I did. I did. Um, so what about Bangface? There's so many people there, and I've got the recorder. I want to try and record as many as I can. I didn't do it this year because of coronavirus. Uh, it just didn't feel right. But um, yeah, I got to speak to them um, when they did that. Uh, the interview's on my SoundCloud if you want to hear it, if you haven't heard it already. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm sure you have. Yeah, they were totally sound. Really good lads. Um, and like you say, yeah, you know, obviously COVID's sick. People going up to him going, hey, hey, hey do, you, do you know what you want to do with that? You know, he's like, oh, no. <laughs> He must be sick of that. Absolutely. <laughs> but then sickly, I think he probably isn't. <laughs> <laughs> True. No, I mean that put a dunk on it. Obviously, it's 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 a cornerstone tune, right, of a whole music genre. Uh, but the rest of their output, yeah, it's all right. I could take it or leave it. To be honest with you, I think that Time to Shine, so the album that put a dunk on it is on, is brilliant. I think there's a good handful of standout tracks on that, and this is one of them. And I know that Put a Donk on it kind of influenced all of us making Donk now. Um, although I must confess that the, uh, do you know what to do with that, right? Put a banging Donk on it sample has possibly been a bit overused now. Possibly. <laughs> If Blackout Crew have a really good MC and there are some modern MCs on the sort of uh, wig and bounce scene now, particularly MC Finchy, who I really rate. So this scene has kind of gone full circle and now has quite a big resurgence. But the reason I chose an Alex K remix for Blackout Crew Tune is that Alex K really, I think, brought Donk to the mainstream in the UK, despite him actually being Australian. So back in the day, I used to collect Wig and Pierce CDs and it was just non-stop Alex K remixes. He was like the king of this stuff. Can't say I know him, but that's always the way with these things. It's like, yeah. you think you know a lot about music and then you realize actually you don't know. He's probably best known for absolutely spamming out bootlegs of pop tunes with a donk on it. Yeah. Which is kind of like the template of what I do now. But he had a much higher rate of producing tracks. And basically every pop tune that came out, there would be an Alex K donk remix. There would be hitting Wigan Pier. The Blackout Crew said the reason they put the tune out, put a donk on it, was because they were criticising people, maybe not specifically him, but people who would be very lazy and they would just get the pop tune and put a donk on it, and then that's it. Oh, here's my remix. There's a skill, obviously, to remixing, and if you're just literally dropping four donks to the bar on it, that doesn't take no skill, right? But the stuff that I think you guys, you know, I'm talking about, you know, Hard City, Mental Music Group, people like that, 
is there's, there's a skill to it. There's a skill, there's a craft to what they're doing. They're making something next level. Mm. Not just going, oh yeah, four donks in the bar, done. Yeah, it's difficult because I think there's a lot of people who want to get into producing and I guess an easy gateway into that is just by taking an existing track and putting a donk on it, which is fine, but yeah, I'm obviously more up for people getting a bit more imaginative with it. <laughs> As I said earlier, the, the donk scene's come back round. Wigan, those areas around it are, are really uh, quite lively now. And DJs like Kenty, Andy Whitby, Club Fella, Foot Rocker, uh, Ben Suff Donk from Off Me Nut, and they're all really killing it at the moment. And yeah, it's a big crowd for it now. I never thought that the donk scene would come back after it died in something like 2010. Yeah, I think what's going to happen, and this is just random theory, but I wonder if all these different styles of music, various different styles, everything from Happy Hardcore, Jungle, Gabba, everything, all starts coming back. I mean, Gabba's coming back, but you know, people, you look at people like Casual Gabba's, yeah. who are sort of revigorating the original Gabba set. All these sort of set, I think they're all going to come back in some new form, but what's going to be different is the vibe and the energy in that they're all going to have a certain, they're all going to be in a certain tempo range and they're all going to have a certain focus very much on in dance music. I think um, personally Donk has a shelf life, uh, but we'll see. We're going to do another shout out as well, you know. So, so I was saying there about you know what people are going to focus on in the future is, does it bang? That's going to be the that's going to be the benchmark for tunes in the future, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> Quick shout out to to Lucy and Nick. <laughs> Absolutely, yes, yeah. These guys have really embraced it and uh, taken it over to the US, which I think is brilliant. Absolutely, yeah. It's a good one. This one, that DJ Finger Blast. Yeah, so I feel like I owe quite a lot to DJ Finger Blast because I was making tunes back around when I went to uni and then after the rock music scene kind of died out and Shitmap sort of retired and started collecting crisp packets, um, I didn't really find that much silly music. And then like 10 years later, DJ Finger Blast emerged from nowhere and I heard this tune, Cotton Eyed Dermato Leary, and I just thought, wow, this is like the spirit of old school Shitmap, but with the uh, Wig and Pay Donks on it, which I always preferred over breakcore. Um, and so, yeah, I was like, wow, this is back. I need to start making tunes again. I need to get in touch with DJ Finger Blast. Um, this is what I want to get into. So obviously, you know, DJ Finger Blast is the guy behind Planet Fun, right? Yes. And uh, he was doing the TV show uh, bang face wasn't he organizing there was some sort of donk challenge or something what was what was the story with that I yeah that's that. right so um 
on Saturday night at this year's Bang Face was a kind of donk off where they had DJs like me and Garage and uh, Royal Tweedy, uh, DJ Southern Rail and loads of others all sort of squaring off against each other to play the best donk tune and we all had like one minute long war dubs where we had to uh, kind of defeat our opponents and there were three judges including Lucy Stoner um, judging us and deciding who was the crown the champion brilliant brilliant I actually missed all of that because Saturday Night Bank Face there's just too much going on Saturday Night Bank Face fair enough but I heard a lot of good stuff about it and uh, I've heard a lot of the uh, dubs as well and it's just ridiculous let's see some of the footage on YouTube I think I have uh, I don't think they've released the footage yet actually seen some footage somewhere definitely there's a bit on my Facebook actually yeah another one Peggy Vianetta yeah so I actually grew up with Peggy Vianetta ever since I was 16 we went to Exeter College together um, we went to these hard trance nights we got super into drum and bass going down to Dance Academy in Plymouth um, that one was like really famous back in the day for Legends of the Dark Black so the big drum and bass nights that had like Fabio and Groove Rider and Ed Rush and Optical and stuff and uh, I got really into drum and bass I wouldn't say it particularly influenced what I make now but this track is a great example of Peggy Vianetta taking basement track by high contrast and turning it into this banger with Hall of the Mountain King thrown in <sighs> that's what it is yeah because I noticed this one and the next one's a Nintendo tune right yeah <laughs> Nintendo Week Your Cancer um, and the reason I chose this one is it's got a bit of everything it's got Little John samples samples from Mr. Happy it's got air horns 
all that stuff. Um, uh, I guess you know Mr. Happy is now a kind of well-known meme song these days. Absolutely. Um, and also shout out to Garage because he runs the Hard Silly Mental Music Group on Facebook, which has really helped me find quite a lot of tunes. Uh, it's a good place for our community to share our tracks, so I've really valued that page existing. Yeah, I suggested that people should start tagging mixes on SoundCloud or wherever with HSMM. G. Oh, well, the G is the group, right? It's hard, silly mental music. Oh, uh, true. But yeah, maybe tag it with the G as well, I don't know. But, uh, true. I've split the C now, that's right, won't I? Some people put the G on, some people won't. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, definitely. We've got to see more of it. We've got to see more of it because there's definitely uh, a plethora of people that are interested in that music and making that music. And uh, you don't necessarily want to pigeonhole it to a certain handful of people. And uh, I think calling it hard, silly mental music really hits the nail on the head. That's what we want to hear. For real. We're into Jeff Pills the Donks. Yeah, so this is actually by Royal Tweedy. And the reason I chose this is because this is a tune I heard early on, about the same time as when I heard DJ Fingerblast. And again, it's just what I love. So it's taking a serious techno tune. So, you know, Jeff Mills is like a sort of god on the techno scene, speeding it up, making it ridiculous, putting a donk on it and kind of making it fun and a bit tongue in cheek, but still totally banging. Which goes all the way back to the start and like why I chose One Night in Hackney. Same kind of ethos, I guess. So at some point then you're going to attempt to do One Night in Hackney Donk Lobster B version, right? Oh, yeah. Although, but... although, although your problem is going to be you're going to be hearing Ritalin's version and you're just going to not be able to perform. <laughs> 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 That's quite possible. The irony is that I actually live in Hackney now. Oh, right. Cool. <laughs> um, have I had one night in Hackney like that? Maybe. I don't know about the staying till Monday night bit, but I think I've definitely drunk 15 cans of Stella from time to time. Certainly in your time if you've lived there a while. 15 cans <laughs> over like two months. It's not very impressive, Easy. Is it? Yeah. So what's the story in London now? Like, uh, I guess everything's just locked down and it's all grim and not really worth talking about, right? Uh, I, yeah, I mean, there are very rare nights, or not even nights, sort of daytime events which are seated. I haven't been to any yet, but there is a Planet Fun sort of day event coming up where it's fixed to tables of six people and I imagine you're not allowed to dance. Um, I'm kind of excited about it, but it would be weird playing music like this to people who can't get out of their seats. I can't really imagine it. So how many Japanese people are in London, do you think, that would be into DJ Sharpnall and that sort of thing? Maybe you should do a Japanese-style Day rave. <laughs> That's not a bad idea, actually. <laughs> Where everyone comes in sober and just stands there and plays Nintendo's, like, you know, this is to chip tune. Maybe I should encourage that, yeah. Yeah, it's a good show. Oh, yeah, just going back to Royal Tweedy, who was on before this track, he runs the Farmageddon night down in Brighton with Bertie, who now I think calls himself DJ Gaylord. Um, 
but yeah Death Propaganda Night's fantastic super inclusive all like LGBT plus like cool crowd um, a really nice vibe so I wanted to give them a shout out as well as Planet Fun up in London as well same kind of scene When you said he runs a night with Bert, that's not Bert who co-runs Chinstroke. Uh, no, it's someone different. No, it's a different person, yeah. I think Chinstroke have actually uh, folded now. They've retired. Yeah, I think they have, yeah. Uh, we're focusing on more grown-up things. Like... They are actually opening a museum in Margate, the Chinstroke crew, um, some sort of nautical museum. So this is DJ Pew Pew Pew, who's a new one on the scene, on the donk scene. Um, classic, same sort of style as the rest of us doing it. Take a pop tune, pitch it up, make it banging. So it's a groove armada, super styling, and yeah, made into a real stomper. Yeah, good shot load in there as well. It's nice touch. Can't beat the gunshots, air horns, cowbells, all that stuff. And the race stabs, hands yeah, in the air. beautiful. Going back to London, I, I guess one thing I noticed moving to London, because I've only lived here for a few years, is that, like in the southwest, everyone's there to really go for it, have a rave, and I, I guess the London nightlife is a bit more kind of sort of posery, I suppose. So it's quite nice to have these Planet Fun and Farmageddon nights where everyone's there to have fun rather than be seen, I suppose. Yeah. That's, that's the original ethos of rave, is to have fun rather than be seen. Too right. And the spell with music, like I was saying, you know, with the shitman stuff earlier, you'd listen to it and go, what the hell is that? But then it's like, how does it make you feel? And I think that's an important aspect to not overlook. So how, does, how do you feel? And, and do you feel happy? And how does the music make you feel? And then you look at that in that respect, and it's not like, oh, you know, he's using this type of synthesizer, and oh, he's doing this type of music, or he's got such and such amazing artists doing vocal on it. Who cares? Who cares? As long as it makes you feel good, that's what's important, right? Exactly. And a lot of these tracks I've chosen, it's not about how well produced they are, um, or yeah, what synths or sample packs they've used, or whatever. It's um, can they put a smile on your face? And that's the important part. So you've gone now with uh, next tune, Eugene McCauley. Yeah, so he's from your neck of the woods over in Ireland. That's right. Have you, do you know Eugene or have you met no. him? I know he's done no. a mix for you. Uh, yeah, I know. I've never met him. Never met him. I don't know who he is. I think he's keeping his identity to himself. So he's out in Roscommon or something like that. He's out in the Midlands. I think he's in the sticks, yeah. Yeah, he's out in the middle of nowhere. Um, but he's an interesting one. Interesting one uh, to watch, definitely. Uh, he He's definitely gone more for the how does it make you feel type of donk. Uh, mm, production quality, artisticness. <laughs> is probably not his forte uh, but, <laughs> but yeah he makes some banging tunes gotta give him that like you know 
yeah, his tunes are way more on the parody side, which is funny. And the reason I included Eugene McCauley is, um, yeah, his tunes make me smile. And he's also kind of like a bit of a Banksy of the donk scene. So I've been chatting to him online and he has a full-time alias. So he's a DJ who makes his living out of DJing uh, probably sadly not anymore after lockdown um, but yes yeah, so I think his alias or real life um, DJ is on the more serious techno scene and he created this alias Eugene McCauley um, who wears a balaclava and it's totally taken off Ah, yes, because I mean, when, he, when he first came out, he didn't just emerge slowly. He like really popped on the scene. Uh, he popped on the radar pretty quick. Uh, my Facebook friends, mutuals, who is this guy? Uh, Jay's always kept himself, and it's like, hang on, is this tongue-in-cheek or is this his real persona? <laughs> that makes a lot more sense now. Exactly. So as far as I understand, he's possibly or probably quite a well-known techno in Ireland. Certainly if he can make a living out of that. Um, yeah, I'm intrigued. I, I love the way that nobody knows who he is. Uh, I'm quite into the sort of mysteriousness of some DJs. Yeah, because he was playing a club night here once and it was going to be the, the infamous unmasking of Eugene. Yeah. Uh, and people were a bit pissed off because it never actually happened. He never took his mask off or something. Well, what I heard happen that night is they pulled off his balaclava and he was just wearing another balaclava underneath. <laughs> <laughs> I am Chinese. Yeah, yeah, it's sick, that. Yeah, that's good. Well, hold on a minute. Pull it off. Stop. You know what you want to do with that, right? You want to put a banging... ...con it. Yeah, yeah, it's sick, that. Yeah, that's good. There is another kind of Eugene McCauley over here called DJ Brexit who plays some of these donk nights and he has a very, very well-known well, he is a very well-known DJ, and DJ Brexit is his alias. He's actually got into the charts, Radio 1, um, and does DJ Brexit on the side for a bit of fun. So, uh, any of you who fancy working out who he is, then go for it. I don't think I'm allowed to expose his identity. Ah, oh, you know his real identity, do you? I do. Well, DJ identity. Yeah. So, Simon Jones, chill out donk experience, bring it back. The reason I chose this is Simon Jones is kind of like the living embodiment of shit, Matt. Um, he is kind of classically trained, I think. He can play instruments. I certainly know that he gives music lessons to people playing things like the cello. And uh, this track, you can hear, he uses quite a lot of uh, classic samples like back um, mixed with stuff like Limp Biscuit and Crazy Frog um, and I've also seen Simon Jones play live and his performances are brilliant he he plays this stuff out live it's not a pre-recorded track he's actually got the synthesizers and everything so it's really impressive <laughs> Gang, 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 gang,
So we've got a whole bunch of stuff going on in this one again. It's, it's proper mash mashup style bit of everything, isn't it? Absolutely. Um, what I really like about Simon Jones is because he's got stuff like classical music going on, and then that's the kind of highbrow element, and then the lowbrow, which is things like Crazy Frog. I love it. It's it's art to me. I think it's genius. It's quite a long tune as well. I think it's a nine-minute-long epic. This one. It's more like an album than a song. So look, let's go through some shoutouts. I'm sure you got some shoutouts, yeah. I do have some shout well, let's out. shout them out. Um, so yeah, uh, talking about Irish music, I can't mention Eugene McCauley without mentioning Sheer Khan, who is another massive influence. Um, his Crazy Frog remixes, um, the way he uses samples and mashups. Um, it's a shame I didn't get one of his tracks into this, but yeah, his his music is massive. And uh, I was really happy to see that you booked him for this year's Bang Faced, and his set was hilarious. Guy's a genius. But I mean, you know, I've been here all day talking about what genius Shia uh, Khan is. It's always a pleasure. I feel like every single track he played at Bang Faced was a Mr. Happy remix. Could well be. You never know with that guy. <laughs> More shout outs, so uh, shout out Does It Bang earlier, doing this stuff in America. You've got Don Klein um, doing this sort of stuff down in, in Brighton, run by DJ Southern Rail. Um, there's Fast Music up in Glasgow. Uh, I think that's run by Joey Mousepads. Um, you've got Cabaret, also in Brighton, run by DJ Can't Say No. Um, and then in London, there's also some of these donk nights, so uh, stuff like the GFOTY Bucks nights, um, which are good fun. So, you know, it's, it's not just Planet Fun who are putting these nights on, there's quite a wide range of it. Come on, is that, that always shouts, is it? Keep the shout-outs coming, man. Great. So, um, I feel like I've picked quite a lot of kind of male producers in my track list. So, uh, there are actually quite a lot of ladies on this scene um, mixing this kind of tongue-in-cheek dog stuff. Like, uh, you've got Stephanie, so Lucy Stoner, DJ Can't Say No, Babyest Baby, Bubble 07, Baby Flame, Joey Mousepads, Kuriasu. Um, see a load of interesting people there unfortunately i don't think any of them except for dj can't say no have started producing tracks yet so i want to hear some donk tracks out of them um and i'd love to play them absolutely yeah i was kind of thinking that producing music is a lot of probably sitting in your dark bedroom in front of a computer for hours and hours and hours so i understand why it's a predominantly male thing but um, if any women fancy that i would be quite happy to um offer some advice or support on how to get started it's great man yeah it's great uh, mentorship is definitely uh definitely a great way of uh, getting ahead and uh, making a break into things like you know i think i think when you have a mentor on something 
Uh, I think I've switched into work mode now. But when you have a mentor on something, uh, you know, it, you know, if you just go, oh, I'm going to do it myself, things get started, and you start struggling, and you're like, oh, why am I doing this? And then you sort of give up. Whereas you've got a mentor, someone's going to take you through it and go, okay, look, you know, maybe not this week, maybe next week we'll get back to it, and you know, we'll look at it again. And when you feel like you've got the energy, you know, we can come at it and we can try some ideas and do this and do that. And you think, yes, yeah, we'll do that, we'll do that. You know, it's. Definitely, yeah. Mentoring, man, big up. Yeah, good idea. Do some mentoring. Um, if people want to get older, yeah, how are they going to get older? I guess, lots to be, right? Into Google. Too right, yeah, they can find me on Facebook Instagram. Or Instagram's probably easiest if people want to do that. Instagram? You're, not, uh, you're on Twitter? Yeah. Um, no, no, that would be too much social media for me. Uh, and that on Facebook, obviously. This track's still going, right? It is a monster. <laughs> I've realised that this scene is really supportive of each other, which I really like. Um, and yeah, people help each other out a lot, so that's why I'm quite happy to. That's why I'm quite happy to offer it myself. I think the thing with scenes is the smaller they are, and the less probability you're going to get rich or famous the more nice people are because you know you'd help people out you know no disrespect but you ain't going to be on top of the pops you know <laughs> you're not going to be rich and famous you're not going to be giving up your day job so you're doing it for the love of the music 100% right I'm disappointed to hear that <laughs> oh maybe one day you'll be on top of the pops no I'm joking <laughs> well top of the pops is cancelled so there you go Oh, got it. Um, no, I've never made a single penny out of my music. I've made like a couple of quid out of being booked as a DJ, but I'll just immediately spend that on tunes. Yeah. So, no, it's not about the money, entirely about the music. And the thing is, when you get booked to play a gig, by the time you bought a few drinks and paid for petrol, well, you was going to play Poland, wasn't you? I was, yeah. Um, that was the night before Bang Face. I was going to play with Whipsapole and then fly over to Bang Face with Whipsapole for Planet Fun TV, where we were both going to play that night. Um, and it all fell through, certainly. But that would have been great, wouldn't it? International DJ? I know. Um, I had two sets booked in Poland separately. Um, but yeah, Wichapol are massive out there. I couldn't wait to play out there with them. And um, hopefully it'll happen again in the future. Where are we now? Are we still on the uh, Simon Jones tune? Or are we making, make, making headway? Oh no, we're making headway. Right, go on, where are we now? This is quite a good segue actually, because I was talking about Poland. This is Eastern Europe, so this is Badworth. Oh, I think Badworth is Lithuanian. But anyway, the reason I chose this track is because it's a hard bass tune. Um, a hard bass came out of Russia, and it's sort of like the dirt and the, the dark and dirty side of Donk, which is really pumping and not quite so much humor in it. It's just totally banging. Can you hear the bass is sick? Raise your fucking hands for me!
So you call this hard bass? This is hard bass, yeah. And I like to mix up my, when I play out live, I'll play some cheesy dong, but I'll always drop a few hard bass slammers in there as well. And Badworth is the number one on the hard bass scene. His production is unbelievable. One thing I wanted to talk about here is that there are different types of donk around Europe. So obviously you've got the UK bounce scene. Um, this is the Eastern European hard bass scene. And then you've also got the Spanish and sometimes Italian bumping scene, which is another subgenre of donk, um, which is kind of like this, but even more erratic donks on it. Um, so yeah, check out uh, Spanish bumping if you get the chance as well. That's the thing, you know, it's, it's such a huge universe of music, you can literally go from one to the other to the other to the other. Because, you know, if you're talking Spain, then you could be talking Makina. Is that, is that something that floats your boat? I love Machina. The Peggy Bayonetta tune I played earlier was, was a Machina track. I always play a couple of Machina tunes at the end of every set. Uh, it's kind of like Donk, but 170 BPM instead of 150. Um, yeah, it's brilliant. It's such a huge universe of music out there. It really is. And that's what I love about doing the show and, and meeting people like you and, and doing these sorts of things. Is just, yeah, you're just constantly, constantly exploring. It's endless. So tell me a bit about yourself, mate. I mean, tell me a bit about Lobster B then. I mean, we haven't really talked about you much. How long, have you been, how long have you been producing for? Since I was maybe 15, and I got a game called Music 2000 on the PlayStation. So like rudimentary music production for the PlayStation, which actually weirdly very much converts to, then I moved to Reason and then on to Ableton. Kind of all looks the same. So that taught me how to make tracks. Other than that 10 year hiatus until I discovered DJ Finger Blast, I've kind of nonstop been making tracks really. Because a lot of your stuff on SoundCloud and it's, it's really, really blown up. You're more, you do like, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, right? But you've done like one tune a month type of thing or every couple of months. But that one tune that comes out is just huge, right? That's what I go for. And I guess it's quite an easy gimmick what I did, which is just pick a track that people already know and love, and it's kind of like a nostalgic anthem, so something like Venga Boys or Britney Spears' Toxic, um, putting a kind of dog twist on it, but like I do take quite a lot of time with my productions, I, I'll take a, a good month making tracks, so I'm not like firing them out, um, and yeah, they seem to go down quite well. Absolutely, yeah, and uh, as I said to you before as well, uh, I think your guest mix uh, that went out in Solid Sound, it's, 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 it's the most played by a long mile <laughs> compared to the rest of them. Uh, so that's obviously, you know, a testament to, to your skill at blending mash-up mash music, uh, donk and silliness and the production value. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I think it just came out at the right time when people, I think right now with what's going on, people want silly music. People don't necessarily want to be on the dance floor and hear something too serious. And so, yeah, I think that's why the silly music scene is, is taking off again right now. Mm -hmm.
where are we now? We, you, you brought us right down. You brought, you brought us back to back to ground zero, as it were. Simon Bayliss. Yeah. This is this is coming down at the end. Yeah. Um, Simon Bayliss is in fact my brother, real life brother. I was going to ask you that. Yeah. And I think this is an absolute banger. But I, I owe a lot to him. He was the one who gave me the hard house. Uh, tapes when I was 16. When we grew up, our cousins were like acid house ravers and they had all the Fantasia and Helter Skelter flyers in their bedroom. And the moment we saw those flyers and that artwork, we were like, right, we need to get hold of some rave music. And I remember my brother bought a an Entrance cassette when I was about eight years old. And I loved it so much that I took it into primary school and made my whole class listen to it in front of the teacher. Teacher. So yeah, I feel like I've been into the rave scene since I was about eight years old. My brother now makes this kind of music, which is um, trancey, acidy, kind of psychedelic. Uh, check out his SoundCloud. I think he's like a really stunning producer. Makes really nice melodies. Excellent. Definitely we'll do that. Make sure we put a link on that on the podcast. Thank you. journey you brought us on there uh lobster bee uh thank you very much for uh thank you taking the time man yeah same thanks Casey, and yeah cheers for letting me play all my tunes i hope it gives you some idea why i i make what i do now i think that kind of spans my my taste in music actually and, and what my, where i come from and my approach to tunes so and yeah it's been nice to hear them all back though so. yeah thanks i appreciate that There'd always be the one or two that you're like, oh, I wish I'd put that in, I wish I'd put that in. But, you know, time is against us. Exactly. Thanks for taking the time to set the call and uh, I'll uh, hopefully see you on the dance floor somewhere funky and donkey pretty darn soon. I know, yeah. If it's not before, hopefully it'll be the next bang face, be it next year or the year after. Who knows? Scary times, but uh, yeah, I'm sure we'll all be reunited. Absolutely. Well, whenever the next bang face is, I'll definitely be there without doubt. Me too. Yeah, it's funny, the last one I was kind of thinking it's worth getting COVID for, isn't it? <laughs> Oh, a hundred percent, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> All right. Well, man, look out for yourself and uh, be lucky. Thanks again. You too. All right. Thank you, Hesley.